coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned into the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom, shakalaka. Welcome in the Important Nonsense Podcast, Steve Bonham, Neil Smith. It is week 17, which uh, is very weird to say is the week that matters. Still, I <laughs> just mentally have to adjust to that uh, after so many years of it just being the throwaway garbage week. Well, then the NFL made us work an extra week unpaid, Steve. That's right. that's that's the reality of what's going on here. We're getting we're getting we have to work one extra week every year now just to satisfy just to satisfy the league. So yeah. welcome to it. But the, the long and short of it is for this episode here today, we're going to be just talking about long-term future. Like really there's not a lot of news this week in terms of like actual real actionable stuff to work on. That's more going to go be... through all the COVID inactives and reactivates, but I feel like there's a better. Yeah, use li- they literally said that. over, over 100 players today were reactivated from the COVID list, uh, either from active roster or practice squad. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The only advice I have is if you have a player with, if COVID, you had a starter who was you, out before check, <laughs> that's bad. Check your lineup. That's it. Check your lineup and see if they were activated. Cause there's, and even then game. Carson Wentz, which is kind of the only news of the week is it went, went on to the league uh, protocol yesterday, but with the new protocols in place, he can be back for this Sunday. So we don't even know for sure. So the Those only COVID list yards he'll have for you, uh, he himself. Well, it matters, it matters if you've got Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. It matters if you've got Jonathan Taylor, because who's handing off to Jonathan Taylor 50 times a game? Is it going to be Carson Wentz or is it Sam Ellinger? Who, who is it? That's what we who will be throwing wobbly off-target passes to Michael Pittman? Is it yeah. Carson Wentz or is it Sam? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so really, that's all it is. It's monitor that situation if your starters are healthy you play your starters you don't get cute about it but what we're going to talk about here today is we're going to start looking ahead to 2022 so either you're in the championship this weekend and good luck or you're not and you're already focused on next year either from a dynasty perspective or from a redraft perspective so let's start with where the money is made neil running back (laughs) so running backs right now according to the ecr on fantasy pros the top tier the like i don't know what you want to call them quote unquote clear cut right the number one tier in dynasty rankings at running back is number one jonathan taylor obviously but then number two is christian mccaffrey and number three is alvin kamara i'd like to pause and just go back to why you didn't just call it the big three uh, which is tier which is tier one of running back not that i necessarily agree with it it just happens to be three players because i have the same list in front of me right here and it's funny because yeah because I, this isn't tight end where tight end is the big three because you have the big three and then the cliff mm-hmm. everything after that you don't care about whereas with running back normally like this year it was top five really it was the top five guys any of them you felt good about if you came out of your draft with them and then beyond that became the question of all right do i go for one of the second tier running backs or am i looking at stefan diggs Devonte adams and uh, who was the third guy in that mix this year that I can't remember, which is a good sign for how he did this DeAndre year. DeAndre Hopkins. 
Was it DeAndre? I don't think it was. DeAndre I believe Hopkins. it. I believe it was. It was. Well, it was either that or was it Justin Jefferson? No, Jefferson was like five. This yeah, is really going to bother me. Tyreek Hill, it, I, I think, was. The oh, it might have been Tyreek Hill this year. Yeah. No, it might have been Tyreek Hill this year. See, I just I blocked that out because you yeah, and I you and I just Tyree don't Hill. agree with it. That's I just, probably why I just mentally tune that out. I've stopped listening to that after years. Um, let's see, who was it? Yes, Tyreek Hill is the okay. correct answer. Okay. That's what it All was. Right. Um, but yes, so for me, I felt like it was a top five in running back this past season. I feel like it's probably closer to that this year. The shocking one to me is Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Like, I understand he's only 25 going on 26, but is he still in that big top three category for you right now? No, I was actually more because you're talking, we're talking strictly dynasty, right? For the moment. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's the answer changes slightly when you're talking about dynasty versus redraft, but not that mm-hmm. much. Just what I was going to kind of go into there is honestly, I'd probably move Najee, Najee Harris up into that big three just because of age, age. and Christian yeah. McCaffrey and would drop down a tier yeah. at this point. He would get closer to Dalvin cook who they have it. Let's just call it seven. It's seven overall. So Christian McCaffrey goes down to that kind of area. I understand cook is older, but at this point, at this point, do we not have to kind of start conceding the idea that the Panthers cannot possibly for the long-term health of Christian McCaffrey mm. aspire to put him back in there at his normal workload? I would have to think you're going to have to find some sort of other option that isn't Amir Abdullah or Chuba Hubbard, something that's going to actually help and go to more of a, a, a split system, which kind of drives him down a little bit for me. So I don't know. How do you feel about it? Would he be, would he still stay cemented in your, your top three, the big three, as it were? I mean, me personally, no. Yeah, me personally that, as well. That's kind of why I want to move Harris up there. That's why it's confusing to me because, okay, so let's look at these also from um, f- from just overall, the next tier, right? So these were updated, by the way. The most recent update was yesterday, and this is taking all the experts, 87 available. So updated as of yesterday, and you've got Taylor McCaffrey, Kamara, but after that, Najee Harris... Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, Barkley. To me, a guy that I feel like, as we've talked about, should be in this conversation, has absolutely earned the right to be in the conversation, and is in tier three, is Austin Eckler. Yeah. Like when we're talking about full PPR, I don't understand how Austin Eckler is still being considered, you know, just barely inside of the top 10 as a dynasty running back. Yeah. And he's sitting there right next to, uh, he's at 18 overall. Joe Mixon is 19. And if you're asking me who I would prefer from a dynasty perspective in PPR, those two names really shouldn't be that close together. Right. <laughs> that's not, that's not correct. Now, I will say the idea behind that could have something to do with the idea that Austin Eckler is 26 and he will be 27 at the start of next season. Right, but he's the same age as Kamara. So, yeah, I mean, fair. if you're going to have Kamara in the top three, what could you possibly make as the argument against? Let's Austin double check Eckler? something because you know what I don't know immediately offhand that I probably should is Austin Eckler's contract. I'm almost there. Uh, okay. Yeah. And they have a potential out year on Austin Eckler at the end of this season. And they could cut him for $3 million in dead cap effectively. 
So there you go. So if they really were inclined to do that, now I will say, given how he's played this year, feel like that's not going to happen. And then he's on the Chargers for two more seasons. He'll be on the Chargers until he's 29 at that yeah. point. Would you? I can't imagine they would cut Austin Eckler, given how he's played this season. No, I mean the only thing that the only thing they might do is restructure his contract if they wanted to do that. But I, I highly doubt that as well. Yeah, because um, he's only going to go. He's up to making. He's only going to be making five. Yeah, he's only going to make more money like, if you try to restructure him at this point. Yeah, he's only going to make five million. Without I feel like. Performed. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's going to probably get more on the open market than five million, given yeah. where he's at right now. I, I yeah, I, I just to me, I don't understand how you could possibly make that argument that he should be outside of the top tier, where you've got guys like. I mentioned Kamara still in that top three. And the one to me that is the most confusing, the one that I don't understand, the one that I think we're not going to have a lot of clarity on going into next season and he's going to float in limbo is Saquon Barkley. He's only 24 Mm -hmm. going into his age 25 season. He is a year younger than Christian McCaffrey. He's only, think about this. He's only two years older than DeAndre Swift. Right. I mean, just think about that. He's only one year, one calendar year older than Najee Harris. We talked about that in the preseason. Like Saquon Barkley is still a young guy who has a lot of miles left, but with how he's performed and how bad that team has been, I just don't know. Like they're going to have an entire turnover this offseason, no more Gettleman, probably not Joe Judge going forward. I mean, I don't know. Did you see the news report saying that both Joe Judge and Daniel Jones are coming back? for one more ride next year. Yeah. But that was a Gettleman decision. Is he coming back? That I, it seems to be, I mean, look, I'll put it to you this way. Would it shock me if the giants decided to keep the band together for one more status quo for one more season to try and run this back one more time. And then if that doesn't work, then everybody's fired. Right. Would it really shock you? See, that's the thing. I don't think that would shock me at all. Because you've still got, I believe this would be the last year of Daniel Jones's contract. I'm looking that up right now as we speak. Yeah, so they, that, they are putting in the option. So this was the fourth year. No, this was the third year. Yes, so, that's 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 what I'm getting. So he's going into his that. fourth year. They have to choose if they're picking up the option or not for 2023. That's, and they said they're right. going to pick it up. Yeah. So they said they're going to do that. I don't know if they're actually going to uh, to necessarily do that. That's right. the that's the thing. They say that, but we'll see about that. So, because yeah, this this coming up is the last year of his rookie deal. So they have a choice to make. So to be honest with you, if he plays bad enough, I could they might decline the option. It's rare though that you would yeah. get a quarterback in the first round and then not pick up the option. They almost almost always do. So this might be a fun way to look at it as well. Um, you know, a- as you know, as I've talked about several times on our our shows here and, and different platforms, wherever I get the chance, love the guys over at Player Profiler, everything we've done with them and the information that they provide and the analytics that our guy Josh Lurkey does. So if uh, we were to compare the ECR to what their rankings are, where are the biggest discrepancies? I think that also may be an interesting exercise to kind of look through as, you know, how far off is the general public to how the analytics crowd might actually take a look at it here. So we, we talked about the top three being Taylor McCaffrey Kamara with Najee Harris at four. Najee Harris is actually the number two guy for player profiler 
with DeAndre Swift at number three. Well, it's, that's that's age-related, right, for both Harris and Swift, because yeah. they've still got more or less their entire career in front of them. Right, right. And then same deal. Uh, at number four right now, based on pure dynasty value, they're saying it's Antonio Gibson. Again, same age as the same age as those guys. Yep. Right. That was the same class with Swift and Gibson, I believe. Yeah. And Gibson is 12 in the fantasy pros ECR and it followed immediately by one of the ones that's going to be one of the bigger talking points this whole off season, Javante Williams at number right. five on player profiler. He's currently number 15 on the fantasy pros ECR for dynasty ranking. And that in large part is due to Melvin Gordon. You know, Melvin Gordon's at the end of his deal. They have said that they love Melvin Gordon on the team and they love having the one, two punch. Are they really going to bring him back? If he wants to sign at a veteran minimum, are they going to bring back? Oh, we're just going to do, Gordon? we're going to do narrative street. Yeah. Which at least narrative for now street. will be the segment of the show and yeah. not the entire show. Like it will be next year. Right. Sure. Sure. We'll do narrative street. See, I don't think they're going to be able to afford that because if they're going to try and spend every, anything that isn't nailed down is gone. Cause they need every dollar they can get to go and try and make a play for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Cause if you sure. do that, suddenly you're a playoff team, right? You're a playoff team overnight. All you need is a quarterback and you have all the ancillary I mean, pieces that you could ever let's want. Let's be real. If you do that, you're the Buccaneers, right? Yeah. Look at the much. bucks who went eight and pretty eight much. two years ago. And then they went out, did everything they could to recruit and sign Tom Brady. And then they win a Super Bowl because the you've defense was just good enough. And the defense is good. Yeah. And you've got the pieces on offense. You just need a QB to guide the team. And that's basically where the Broncos are right now. So I hundred percent would agree with that. So I don't think there's going to be any money left for a Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon will enjoy his time in. Oh, New Jersey. Why I don't know. See, like I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if Melvin Gordon going to Denver was kind of his. I'm a free agent. I'm going to cash in. Remember, well, he also wanted to stick it to LA. the Chargers. Yeah, and, he, and that the, was a bonus. He got to stick it to the Chargers. Well, yes, yeah. uh, but but he wanted to hold out in L.A. so we could get more money and get paid. Then they just stuck with Eckler, and we have seen how that's gone. Oh, so so, seems like seems like a pretty good choice. Right. We've also seen guys like Devonta Freeman who have gone on the market and said, no, I'm a starting running back. I'm only signing to be a starter. And then his career is basically over. He's bounced team to team to team to team, and he's still making minor paychecks and he's making the league minimum, but he is not getting paid the way he wanted to. And just holding out for a starting job did not pan out the way that he wanted to. Same thing with Latavius Murray this season. He got cut at the end of the season or the end of the preseason because the Saints wanted him to take a pay cut. He was, he was to making one. too much money, and the Saints had no money to give, so something had yeah. to give in that arrangement. So they gave him up. So I think it's a similar deal. I think he's going to end up signing for a minor contract, and you're going to have a situation like we saw, like I said, with Tampa Bay, where you have a bunch of veteran players signing for league minimum to be a part of a team that they think could be a real contender. Sure. In that scenario, like, let's say you could get the quarterback decision worked yeah. out with Melvin Gordon still yeah, around. You sign Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Yeah, sure. We've seen that before. The Tampa one's a good example. Uh, the Broncos themselves are also a good example with Peyton Manning. Sure. There were a number of guys who were ready to hang it up. And then suddenly it was, oh, wait, we're getting Manning. Never yeah. mind. I'll, I'll stick around for yeah. another year or two. Let's mm -hmm. go win a title. Like it's so it it definitely has that effect. Nobody wants to play with nobody wants to sign up and play with Drew Locke the way they would love to sign up and play with Aaron Rodgers. 
Right, exactly. And this is one too. Um, just getting back slightly on track to what we were talking about. Um, Nick Chubb, that to me feels like an obvious one. That's a no brainer, right? With the numbers that he's put up in his career. Yes. From a dynasty perspective, he's getting a little bit older. Derrick mm-hmm. Henry, obviously falling down the list because coming off the major injury and now he's 28. Going <sighs> Just on the 29. workload. Remember the time when we used to talk about Derrick Henry didn't have much tread on the tires. Those are days, fond memories. Those are days gone yeah. by, unfortunately. Here's an interesting one to me, though. Uh, Joe Mixon comes in at the ECR number 10. He also comes in at player profiler number eight. So no love to push Mixon into the top five. But when you look at the season that he's put together this year, he's really made an argument that he belongs in that conversation. And he's only 25 years old. Yeah, that's the thing. It feels like Joe Mixon's been in the league for 50 years, right? Yeah. Like, it feels like that's just how that's gone. No, he's only 25. So it's a... uh, it's an interesting one, especially as the Bengals continue to get better. Mm. That's been the impressive thing to watch about the Bengals. Remember when the Bengals were like a two-win football well, team that was for the, like 40 years? That was kind of the biggest argument against Joe Mixon, right? Is they're going to yeah. constantly be in passing situations playing from behind. But so how often is he involved in the passing well, game? And he, He's been more, but he's also benefiting from softer boxes because they have to respect yep. the pass now. They can't just stack the line yep. on him. And anymore. that was our argument in the preseason. So, was, yeah. you know, with all those guys on the receiving core, you can't possibly just say, you know, beat us with Joe Mixon or beat us with the receivers. We're not going to let Joe Mixon do it. You can't do that anymore. And the fact that they don't really have a tight end doesn't really matter. Right. Like they've got two really, really, really talented receivers and Tyler Boyd, which right. is good enough. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's not, it's by the way, I just checked. So unlikely that this would happen, but they do have an out year on Joe Mixon this year yeah so theoretically it's something to keep in mind but i really doubt Doubt they would ever now he is going to make quite a bit more money and then other guys that are also going to be mixed into it two guys that were kind of in this conversation this last preseason that aren't now because of injury are jk dobbins and cam Akers. they're going to get mixed into this somewhere as well Uh, currently dobbins 16 in the ecr Akers 19 on player profiler Akers comes in at 10, Dobbins at 14. And again, those are guys that young, talented, and when you look at it, they're, this was their second year. They missed the entire season. So very limited tread on either one of them. They should both be ready to go next season with pretty much full workloads. Well, look at Cam Akers is the one that I, I get why he would be 10. But I'll yeah. just say that. 19, I feel, is low. Mm-hmm. For Cam Akers, just and I don't think you have to do too much science here, right? Just yeah. look at what they've been able to do with Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. Cam Akers is a significantly better athlete than either of them, right? So as long as he can stay healthy, no, th- that's going to be the system they're going to run with Matthew Stafford. So I could see that, and then also he's very young. I know yeah. the injury was pretty gruesome, but he's very young. So if anybody could recover from it, you would think it would be him. Yeah, he should. I mean, there's a chance he plays this weekend. I know so, that's pretty freakish. That's like Wolverine. Stat. That's like Wolverine. Like uh, I, he's I'm, 22 and a half. So he'll be looking at 23 next season. So I, again, very young guy could absolutely have a good run here. And then one that's again, going to be polarizing on the back end of this at 15 on player profiler and 21 on fantasy pros. Travis Etienne did not right. play a single snap right. of his rookie season. So now he comes back to Jacksonville 
and it'll be a whole new staff. Like it's not the people that drafted him. It's it's not the staff that he came into the league with. It'll be a whole new coaching staff. And you were concerned about James Robinson. He just tore his Achilles. So now he right. is done for the right. season and he will miss most of the off season regimen. Uh, uh, so yeah, it'll going to say both of them should be ready to go for the preseason and camp. But I would say it's going to be extremely difficult for James Robinson to overcome Travis Etienne in that job and that role. So, you know, where does he go going forward? See, this is where it gets tough, right? Because you draft running backs every year and this is where it gets kind of gritty because they can kind of get disposable to a certain extent. So you would need to think about who's going to be hard up for running back next year. So where, where, where do we have guys that are going to be kind of looking for, they're looking to kind of turn it around and it's like Philadelphia, I guess, but they have Gainwell and Boston Scott and Miles Sanders to the extent that it matters. But it's like, I mean, as long as they keep stick, with Sirianni, they have proven that Kenny Gainwell's not the guy for them. Yeah. So, so the, the amount of times they've made him a healthy scratch leads me to believe that that is not a guy they trust long-term. Right. That's, that's so, okay. So then, and then I, and you know, we Boston Scott's a nice story, but yeah, I don't know how much yeah. you're going to like, he's, I think he's it's not far more likely lines. they either sign someone cheap or they draft somebody. It's something like that, but I'm just trying to think through like, right. Who, who else would be struggling at running back entering into next year? I mean, Tampa kind of solved their problems. Miami, if they're just not sold yeah. on anything. Yeah. Miami, like, Houston. Um, yeah. Houston's another one. So I could see James. Actually, Houston would make a lot of sense for James Robinson because they're going to they're going to be looking. He's still relatively young. They're looking to they're going to be looking to kind of go young. It just depends uh, on no, it's not the Giants. Still Saquon, despite that. <laughs> uh jet yeah i said texans maybe the uh, jets the jets is uh, a weird depending one on what you believe have, about michael carter but yeah I, it's the michael i've carter never been a michael they, carter guy so no but they also be. love tevin coleman because he knows their system and stuff so they'll probably have tevin coleman for next year as well maybe longer term right like they love tevin coleman and i think he's not even 30 yet he's got like one or two more years before he gets there so and he works for nothing so yeah. it's he's a perfect it's perfect for them and their budget so I don't know if they would be interested in paying James Robinson. I guess it depends on how much money James Robinson commands. You would think. It would uh, be I mean, he's still he's still going to be on the roster. He'll still be on the Jags. Yeah. So he's got, I think, two years left on his deal. Is that right? Okay. It's yeah, I can tell you. San Francisco and the Mod Podge that they have. Oh, I think that's how they like I just, it. I don't think they're they're not paying James Robinson enough. James to Robinson has one more year. Yeah, they're not paying him that's enough dumb. to let him go either, to just outright. No, him, especially making, with how he's produced. He's making eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollars next year. So he'll be yeah, unrestricted. I, free I gotta agent. believe. No, he's I'm sorry. Still he's a restricted there. free agent after that. He's an right. RFA. So yeah, he's not going anywhere. Not for another two years. That's a shame. So I would say probably back end. Yeah. Falcons. That's a good one. Falcons is a good one. Cause Cordell Patterson is not the running back of the future there. <laughs> what? I know. I know. No. Doesn't but that I feel like, like a Melvin Gordon could easily fantasy. slide into any of those scenarios. Sorry. I said James Robinson before I met Melvin Gordon, but I, I got, I got discombobulated, but hang on for a second. Cause now, 
now I'm just thinking about, doesn't that feel like a classic fantasy blunder for next year for trusting Corderell Patterson? <laughs> oh, your headset went out for a second there. What was no, that? I said, doesn't that feel like a classic fantasy blunder? Trusting, buying into the Corderell Patterson, oh, right. Patterson thing for next mm-hmm. season. That yeah. just feels like a classic blunder. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're going to work. Well, especially once it's corrected point. that he becomes a running back in sure, all formats sure. next year. Sure. That, that especially will do it. I said James Robinson. I met I met Melvin Gordon. Right. I could see Melvin Gordon to Atlanta. By the way, that uh, sure that, it, it fits what they're that. doing over there, which is just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. So there's there's every chance, but all right. So that's I don't know. The, that's the one move that I, on. Well, the one that I thought back. you'd be most interested in is the little bit lower down the list, which is AJ Dillon at like RB twenty nine in the ECR. I, figured I mean, be, yeah, I figured I, you might want to. And that's all that up a little too. bit. I love AJ Dillon. You you know that. I feel like he just needs the opportunity. But now Aaron Jones just re-signed this season, so yeah, he's still on a four. Year, he's on the on second it. year of a of a four year deal. They've at least been trading off between Jones and Dillon splitting the workload. So I would rather have Dillon long term than Jones. Absolutely. I don't know if I'd re- if I'd want either one in redraft next year if they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Right. Well, that's a whole different conversation that we'll have to get to because right. at that point, what's left in Green Bay that you feel good about that really maybe Aaron Jones? Right. Like, but the uh, the other one that I noticed too is a little bit further down than that. Like, they still have Chris Carson at 31. I guess. Some yeah. And that's just people not updating their like, stuff. People got to be updating because I'd feel they got Chris Carson over Damian Harris on here. It jumped off the screen immediately to me. I'm like that. Yeah. That just has to possibly. be people that haven't updated. In like a while. that cannot be right. Like you got to get, you got to get that flipped. So. Um, and like just for the record on player profiler right now, Aaron Jones, RB 19, AJ Dillon, RB 20. So, Oh, wow. So that's the age go. difference. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's look at wide receivers here. I mean, do you even want to look at QBs? It doesn't specifically matter. <sighs> I mean, QB is weird to do this. Little I think QB is pretty easy. I mean, it's Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, it's Tyler Murray, sure. it's Lamar, it's Justin Herbert. And then beyond that, what Dak and Joe Burrow. That's 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 what's next on the list. And then they've got Russell Wilson there, but I don't agree with, with that. And then you start getting into, like I said, it gets really weird at quarterback. Whereas I, I feel like in quarterback, my advice would be, look, just get something between tier two and tier three, because realistically, it's realistically, it doesn't make much right. difference. Like it doesn't really like, cause like after that, uh, I would have Jalen hurts. Sure. Cause going realistically to... there's, there's a chance this weekend that if everything bounces their way, the Eagles can make clinch a playoff spot, the yeah. Eagles. Yeah. Yes, those Eagles, they can yeah. clinch a playoff spot with their terrible defense, with their and... horrendous defense <laughs> and their lack of a running game. And that isn't Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts erratically passing cannot play football, right? He's not an NFL quarterback, but he has taken this team to currently eight and seven and almost a playoff berth. So if they make the playoffs this year, you can't possibly tell me that Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback for at least next season. In Philadelphia, because that's the only reason Jalen Hurts isn't in like some sort of top five type right. thing. The idea that they're going to go after Deshaun. Yeah, that's the that's the scary thing that that I think people are. But we talk about this all off season and then even throughout the season. At some point, Jalen Hurts had to start winning football games. Like, hmm. Interesting. 
might be having a connection issue over there. I don't know what's going there on with go. that. Can you hear me now? You got it. Yep. All right. Well, it's working now. Uh, we talked about it in the offseason, and we talked about it all through the season. At some point, fantasy points are great, but Jalen Hurts had to actually start winning football games. Right. So now that he's gotten close, and look, cynical people could make the argument that they've gotten to eight wins despite Jalen Hurts. Now, I'm not making that argument. I'm just saying if you were very cynical, you could make that argument. Mm-hmm. But it's to me, it's not it's it's not debatable. If Jalen Hurts, just like you said, if Jalen Hurts takes you to the playoffs, he's the quarterback. You can't realistically tell me that that he's not going to be starting there next year. I don't know that they're going to have the capital to go after Deshaun anyway. I've heard those rumors as well. I think if Deshaun is going to end up anywhere, I still my money is on Miami. Miami. Yeah. It's the one that has showed the most legitimate interest. Right. They want all kinds of crazy guarantees from the league that they're never going to get. But they're the ones that have actually. Well, they'll get those guarantees once the trial's over in February. But yeah, and we'll see how that all ends. And then we'll see if there's a criminal thing. Because if there's no criminal thing behind it and the matter gets settled, I don't think anyone will care anymore. It'll be old news. Um, yeah, but other than that, there's not much that's like super appealing right now. No, I mean, they got Trey Lance's top 10, which I guess is based predicated completely on the idea that he's going to be the starter for them next year. Right. Everything else more or less makes sense the way that the ECR has it. I mean, you could nitpick this list to death if you really wanted to like the fact that they have Tua over Jalen hurts, which I know that's, that's just insanity. But other than that, I mean, there's not too much. That's really all there is to it you just try and find yourself a quarterback somewhere in tier two and tier three uh yes that is correct that Eagles is correct will have by the way. three first round picks yes and it was three picks in the top 10 and then they uh <laughs> they started winning games and it was i know yeah push them out when it, when it was three picks in the top 10 by the way i was also really worried about jalen hurts it's like oh no yeah <laughs> i'll just draft a quarterback with one of these three picks and he'll be gone but then so here's the other thing the other reason I'm less scared about Jalen Hurts than I think a lot of people have you other teams will have seen what he's been able to do. I mean, there's no, you can't tell me that there's no way that he wouldn't, even if he was released by the Eagles, that he wouldn't somehow find his way onto another NFL roster pretty right. much immediately. And probably given anyone who's willing to take that shot, probably competing for a starting job. Let's see. Trying to look at exactly where they are right now. Oh, the Eagles picks? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, let's see. So as of right now, they have the Dolphins pick, which, again, the Dolphins going on that getting, crazy win yeah, streak. Not getting better. Them. Uh, so right now, that's the 19 pick. Then the Eagles have their own pick, which is 20. And then they also have the Colts pick because of the Carson Wentz trade, which again, but because of the crazy win streak they've gone on, is now like 26, 27. So they have three picks on the back end of the first round. It's not exactly prime time time. To be it's not not what it was the first five weeks of the season. No, no. That was, was looking really time. good. Now, well, you still good. get three first round picks, though. Sure, sure. But honestly, uh, at that point. Moving over to wide receiver, it's a little bit better. Um, the, their first tier top three are Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams. You know where we both have issue with that. Yeah, I like how you said three, even though there's four names here on the page because we don't. <laughs> I only have three. Oh no, there's a there's four in tier one: Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams, Jamar Chase. Yeah, see, on mine, Chase is in tier two. Okay, so we may just be looking at like a different 
group of uh, of experts there. Possibly, but that. Uh, let's see. Yes, I am looking at just updated in the last month. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, either way, I like this one better. And you got to put Jamar Chase in that. Yeah, I would move one, Chase maybe. up again, even with when we look at a player profiler from a dynasty perspective. Um, you've got. Chase moves up to two behind Justin Jefferson. Tyreek Hill all the way down at nine where he belongs. Um, He's going into his age 28 season. He has proven that his boomer bust days are behind him. It's mostly bust at this point. So uh, just to have him still in the top five is ridiculous to me. The interesting one there is Devontae Adams. I would absolutely agree with Adams still being in his prime and a top five guy if it's Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, there's no reason to change that. That's the question. Where does he play? Who's his quarterback? Because if he's staying in Green Bay and you're telling me that Jordan Love is his quarterback, that's not Aaron Rodgers. Right. Not even close. And, you know, do we get into a uh, making the parallels here? Do we make do we get into a Miami Heat situation where LeBron wanted to go somewhere where he could also play with his BFFs, Chris Bosh? And Dwayne Wade. Is that what we're talking about now with Rodgers and Adams, who both signed deals that would get them out at the end of this season so that they could both move on? It would depend. And see, that's what I was going to say, too. On, yeah. We've got the comment here. I see. Think there it is. It. That's, that's the problem is Thank you. they just they paid all this. that money to Tim Patrick and Cortland and Sutton, Sutton, and they already have Jerry Judy on his rookie deal. They can't afford so it. They outside of a trade, yeah. a sign-and-trade situation, they can't afford to bring in another wide receiver. They, so if they we're talking about Rodgers going somewhere to a team that has money that can afford to bring in a wide receiver, I mean, you're looking at a bottom-of-the-barrel team that just has a ton of money to throw away. Well... <sighs> Yeah, it would depend on where Aaron Rodgers wants to go, right? And then they'll work that out together. And then I guess then you would pivot Denver probably over to trying to entice Russell Wilson. Seems to be the backup plan. The but that would be that would be hard to do, right? To get both of their numbers on any team that's currently built the way Denver would be to actually attempt to make a meaningful playoff push. Let's see. So yeah. All right. So teams that have the most cap space currently for the 2022 season number one is miami yeah that no that makes sense so again they still have tua but if you wanted to trade tua somewhere yeah that would be what you probably have to do and then you sign rogers and adams in free agency adams just takes over for the will fuller spot that he never actually (laughs) had this season And then your one-two punch is Jalen Waddle on the outside and Devontae Adams, or yeah, Devontae Adams on the other side with Parker in the slot and Aaron Rodgers throwing you the football. Yeah. And you've got the defense that has carried you to a seven game win streak. So you can figure out a running back along the way. I mean, I feel like that's that'd be the most logical way to do it because beyond that, it's the Chargers, Jags, and Bengals who all have young talent already. Uh, you've got Washington would have the most money after that. Washington's going to attempt to do something. I just don't know if they're going to be able to but convince Aaron Rodgers to and Devontae Adams to show up. So I don't know if that's going to happen. There, I, Washington, I think, will try and sign a veteran quarterback, though. Did they it's sign a, Fitzpatrick to a one-year deal? Is that what that was? I believe that's how that worked. So, I mean, I guess theoretically they could, yeah. they could bring him back. 
but we all know that it's not Taylor Heineke. Yeah. So right now it's the whole defense is coming back. Uh, plus Antonio Gibson and they have $60 million with Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. Yeah. So if you add Adams and Rogers to that roster in a division, that's really just the Cowboys and no one else. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a one year, $10 million flat deal. That's it. Yeah. So they're, they're done with that. Yeah. So, so. If, if, if you sign Rogers and Adams in Washington next year with that defense in that division, given the opponents and strength of schedule, they're going to be up against. Yeah. They can absolutely tear through the NFC and have a legitimate shot to win it all next season. Yeah. They can go play Tom Brady in an NFC championship game. Um, yeah. And then beyond that, it's the Seahawks who have their own issues. Uh, and then you're getting into the Jets, the Broncos, and the Steelers. The you know what Steelers I just thought about? Have... You know, at that point, Terry McLaurin would finally get to play with a real quarterback. Right. If you did that, your one-two punch would be Devontae Adams and Scary Terry. Finally, yeah. That would be disgusting. That would be right. really hard to deal with. It would. 100% hard to deal with. Uh, let's see. Is this not giving me a scrolling up? There we go. Uh, yeah, for all intents and purposes, Ben Roethlisberger is retiring next season. So Whether when he's he retiring does, to the league is retiring from him is up for yeah. debate. But but if he were to retire, they would have fifty three million. So at that point, you could theoretically sign Rodgers and Adams with their defense, but then it's the same thing, right? Like you're going to let Juju go. So do you move Johnson into the slot? And then play Claypool and Adams on the outside? Well, in that scenario, probably. Because right. Adams is always going to play on the outside. And Claypool is your speed. I guy. mean, he moves around the field pretty effectively. That's true. That's true. He does. They actually probably would continue to rotate him and Deontay Johnson, I bet. But again, I mean, that put that's another team that could afford to do it and would immediately become a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, because well, their defense is the worse. Their together. defense is worse that's, than some of the other That's kind of the hypothetical you have to run. Because if he doesn't reunite with Aaron Rodgers... What situation does he go to where you still feel confident about what Devontae Adams can do? Does uh, he sign with because, Kansas City uh, and play on not. the other side? And that's I, and that's just what it is. I would think Devontae Adams would probably be trying to get paid. Yeah. So does Kansas City have the money to do that effectively enough? I mean, they'll make an offer, but I don't know if it's going to be the one he would take. They have twenty nine million in cap space, but barely anybody signed. Yeah, that's kind of the issue that Kansas City is going very rapidly into cap hell in the right. next like year or two. So I don't know if it's going to be Kansas city. I would think, and they already have issues. Like so Washington has 35 players of their 53 man roster signed. So they could right. give a bunch of money to those guys, but then you're taking a lot of veteran minimum contracts. Sure. Sure. Whereas the Steelers have 44 players under contract next season. Yeah. They had, they've, they've pretty, they much have basically a full team coming back and you could just swap out Roethlisberger for Rogers and profit. Yeah, and then use the rest of the money you had left over to try and sign Devontae Adams. It's 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 believe me, they're going to do something because they're not they're not in a position. They know they're smart enough to know they're not in a position that they can like tear it down and rebuild through the draft. Yeah. Miami they're going to have most to, sense. I think they're going to so, have but... to do something like that. I don't know if it, who it'll be exactly. It might not be this this wombo combo of Rodgers and Adams. If you decouple them, it might be easier to get Adams under a number somewhere that could be enticing on a relatively competitive team. But if they're going as a package deal, right. to your point, it does limit your options to a certain extent. You can't 
And and again, as it currently stands, the Green Bay Packers next season have 43 players on their active roster and they're negative 37 million against right. the cap. So and they're already devoid of a lot of skill position players still. Right. Where it's like, I mean, if they don't win it this year, they got to make a lot of tough decisions and moves that are going to really cause Rodgers to want to be out anyway. <laughs> um, I, I just find it hard to believe he ends up back with that team next season. You never know, but it'd be difficult. And then I don't see, like I said, outside of those ones I mentioned. Like, Man, I think he burnt those bridges. Those bridges, I think, are just burnt. And he just he like, just showed Theoretically, up Houston could afford it. But would you really want to go to Houston? I mean, maybe if my buddy Devontae is coming and I think, I, and I think I'm that good. Like, I, I suppose. He played for but... all those years with a terrible defense. Trying I, to just I, I think he it. would want to stay in the NFC, to be honest. Yeah, the NFC is the easiest path to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I Just think Washington. The... I think Washington made a lot of sense to be honest, because if Washington is in a situation where he could pretty much show up and start calling the shots from day yeah. one, so it's like, would Dan Snyder allow that? I highly doubt it, but you never know. Right? Like, if he can, if he can win. Uh, Mr. J Mac, we are talking about dynasty rankings long term. Uh, well, currently talking about wide receivers. Uh, and that has that has gone down the path of Devonte Adams. Where does he play next season? How does Aaron Rodgers affect that? And where is the money? And uh, do they go as a package deal or do they go their separate ways? Yeah, is the question. Because they're I both th- coming I, up. At the same I time. think the Steelers make the most sense. So does Washington, but Miami to me is the spot. If he can, Miami, well, if he see, can make Miami, that work, because Miami can recoup stuff with getting Tua yeah. in a trade. Uh, or if you don't want to even trade him away, just let him sit behind Rodgers. Well, I think they probably would trade him. It's tough to say, but I would say this. Miami seemed very invested in that whole Deshaun conversation, but if that falls apart, then, then yeah, I could see that because we have to wait until February. It's finding somebody that would want to is, is the whole issue. Oh, I think, I, I think you might be able to find a, a spot for Tua. We just talked about Washington. Yeah. What does Washington have that would be better than Tua? I know you don't think much of Tua, but And yeah, that's that is exactly correct. That is that's yeah. what I would do too if I'm Devontae Adams. Yeah, if I'm Adams, I'm not signing anything until Roger signs. I know where first. my br- my bread One hundred percent. I know where my bread is buttered. You, Come you on absolutely now. want to know where he's going before. I got a cell phone. Any, text me. Yeah, like, text me, decisions. Aaron. Yeah, yeah, if I'm Devontae. Come on. And that's why I was saying maybe it's a package deal because they've already talked about the fact that they want to play together, they've enjoyed playing together, so well, you can't deny the chemistry, right? Yeah. What they've been able to accomplish together. Like they might as well keep the, keep it together. If I'm Aaron Rodgers too, and I'm pushing 40, do I yeah. really want to learn how to work with all these new receivers? Right. Or Build do I just want chemistry. my friend there? Yeah, no, it's just going to be easier if I have my guy. Right. Uh, so after Jamar Chase, which we agree on, CeeDee Lamb, I believe we also agree on that as well. The, yeah, the flashes sure. we've seen. Yeah. Uh, AJ Brown. Boy, it's so difficult. Like, I get the hype behind AJ. You Brown. know, I love AJ Brown. This is I, I, and I understand it. I totally right. get it. If this wouldn't even be a conversation if AJ Brown had a quarterback not named Ryan Tannehill. Sure. No, if I totally were, get if that. If he too. was playing on somebody that wasn't Tennessee, it would be an entirely different conversation. But it's he gets so but look at difficult. all the targets he gets at Tennessee because no one else wants to do it. Yeah, like, but look how much it matters. I mean, he gets the targets, but if you can only catch three of them, because only yeah, three of them are within five yards of you, that does that does that does hurt the side. That does hurt the side a little bit. Yeah. So it's 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 unfortunate because it's tough because I know for, I I bet I can 
trying to read into the future here because I know they have AJ Brown in the ECR over Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup, which mm-hmm. I figure that's not how your list would work. I don't think <laughs> like, that's that's kind of what I've always that's kind of what no, I've always I, figured. It's no, tough. I would I would still probably have AJ Brown ahead of him. It just when we're talking dynasty, it's age. I know, like, I know. Like that's AJ what I'm Brown that's, that's going how... into his age 25 season. Well, and again, AJ Stephon Brown was Diggs about to be 29. One. But think yeah. about that. After all the adversity AJ Brown went through this year, and he still had a decent enough season, if you ask me. But after all the adversity, he was the number one receiver in Dynasty coming into this year, and he fell five, six spots. Yeah. So it's like it's still it's still age. And look, Ryan Tannehill can't be the quarterback there forever, Steve. He right. can't. It's it's it, they'll they'll fig, they got to figure out something else at some point, especially given how god awful he's looked this year. What a fun story Ryan Tannehill was the reclamation project, but I think I think the bloom is off the rose on that one. The problem is is that they're so far up against the cap that doing anything about it with, with somebody not Ryan Tannehill will be financially problematic. Right, and just again, my greater point has always been with AJ Brown. Like, has the talent. He's like physically has the ability to do everything you'd want him to do. But again, this season, just what he's had to deal with, he missed three games because of injury in the or four games in the what's 11 games that he actually played. He had three top five performances and every other performance was outside of the top 20. It's just trying Tannehill's fault. Yeah, exactly. If they ever got his injury prone is not a thing, Steve. So you can't. You can't, we can't go on that. <laughs> yeah. If So if they ever got an actual QB to throw him the ball, he'd be great. And, you know, he's still technically three years away from his wide receiver prime. So they've got time to find a real quarterback. Yeah. I was going to say they'll find, Tennessee. they'll find something. So certainly an asset worth hold, holding on to. Uh, but after that, for me, big question mark, both behind him in the ECR and on player profiler in their top five, they have DK Metcalf. Mm, yeah. And it's the same argument, right? He's 24 years old. He's a freak athlete. He's a, a specimen who can absolutely put up the he numbers. He ran that guy down like the T-1000 last year. It was one of the most scary yeah. things I've ever seen in my life. So like, he can absolutely do everything you ask him to do on the football field. But unfortunately, all Pete Carroll's asking him to do is run a straight line, move to this side, run a straight line. That's it. They're not asking him to do anything else. So until the offense gets better and the team as a whole gets better, like – what are we rooting for DK to hit free agency? I, I mean, that's basically what it is at this point. DK to somehow be even more Calvin Johnson than he already is. Yeah, Cause and... they refuse to throw the ball in general, whether that's Russ or not. And then God forbid Russ leaves in the off season. Well, and then we saw what, what that Smith? Like. Yeah. My we saw God. what that looked like. And that's, that's, that's the scary part is we, people want to kind of, sleep on Russell Wilson, but it's like, no, you take him out of the equation. You see what that Seahawks team really is. Right. And it's like, oh man, it's bad. Yeah. And they have skated for so long on the, having no O-line because Russell Wilson can bail you out like that. They're going to have their Seattle is going to have some chickens that are going to come home to roost here. If he decides to leave and yeah. DK Metcalf won't be the only one to suffer because of that. Because yeah, to your point, where are they on your cap list that you had a moment ago? I thought they were, I think, I don't think they have that much money. Now taking Russ off the books would probably help. But oh, Seattle, I, they're yeah. top seven. Top seven? They're, okay. they're number seven right now. All right, so they got a little bit of money, and if you can right. get Russell off your books, then, okay, you might be able to affect some yeah, they, kind they of They have game. money, and what is it? Not only do they have money, but they have $37 million locked up in Russell Wilson. Right, exactly. So you could get, yeah. you could probably so move up So if they were to list. cut Russ 
like let him go, trade him, whatever it is he wants to do, they would jump to number one. They'd have the okay. most money yeah. in the NFL available. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Then you could at least. But fix again, you've got the aging defense, the secondary that's atrocious. They have way more problems to fix than just quarterback. From a fantasy yeah. perspective, we don't care. No. But just from a football, well, we care a little bit about the what do they do? With all we care a little money. bit about yeah. the online being bad for fantasy. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, yes. I, if I'm, Mason is correct. How long does Pete Carroll have left? Is the real question. Because he gets the old, fired. He's or still the oldest retires. coach in the NFL. So yeah. until at what point does he hang it up and just say, I'm done rebuilding this team? <laughs> he He's trying to convince us that they've got all the pieces and this isn't a rebuild. It's a retool. Well, he's You're five and 10, every... Pete. I, Steve, I don't, he's been I trying don't to convince everybody he's 40 years old to, for 20 years. Well, he's trying to convince <laughs> the co-eds that for sure. But I don't well, know okay, the now, NFL see, in general. Don't uh, don't say slanderous things that are just facts. Okay, that's uh, that's just a fact. <laughs> then it, well, then it's just is. stating facts. It's a stone cold fact. What's well, also see if you want to do that, what you got to do is you got to talk about Pete Carroll's burner cell phone. <laughs> yeah, see there Pete you go. Care. That's that's the dream. The dream is he's done this year. That's yeah. the dream. Yeah. If if he wants to hang it up this season, and then they can sign a coach. And what, see, that's the problem too. Is you need. If to he's sign, done this year, do you think Russell Wilson's more or less likely to stay? They owe him so much money. Is the problem? So, like, it would be difficult for them to get out of that outside of a trade. I think. Mm. So it would really be him picking where he wants to go. Let's see. And who would? Yeah, be able he's got to a, He's got a thirty-seven million dollar cap hit this season. You right. could cut him, and it's twenty-six. Ooh, that'll fix it. So you'd save eleven million dollars by it's not cutting. Nothing. It's not nothing, but it's not right. Nothing. But at the same time, is Russell Wilson good enough for you to be paying thirty-seven million dollars this season against your cap? I, I mean, you have the money with keeping him for that much. I'm just if I'm going to pay forty million dollars to my quarterback, I'm going to do it for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's right. right. That's pretty much what it is. I, I I don't know what they can do to fix this team on the fly oh i uh, i mean there's just too many holes yeah if you just kind of go back to front yeah you've got you've got a questions at running back with chris carson aging and you just keep working your way forward russell wilson we just talked about the old line isn't good the offensive line's been terrible for the old, it's been decade. terrible for a decade yeah and then they just russell wilson makes that matter less and then you've got the defensive line is getting up there still pretty good but they're aging yeah. And then you've got the secondary, as you referenced before, which is just tire fire. So could you turn that in one year with $37 million? I think becomes the question. Probably not. I think you can make a dent in it. I don't, but I don't know if it's a one year flip it around on a dime. They yeah. might have one a year of wandering through the desert to get, to get enough money together to, and you get a quality draft pick at that point. I don't know. If yeah. But if I'm, it what like 70 year old pete carroll i was hoping do this i want to go do i want to go through that yeah, yeah. do i want to go through that probably not do you need right. any more money if you're pete carroll only I mean, pete carroll no. can answer that right um all right let's see At, beyond that after dk the next guy in the ecr is terry mclaurin and we kind of touched on washington already uh, they'll find a quarterback for terry mclaurin it's point. yeah it's I think this is the low point in the peak in the valley. This is the valley. I think it gets better beyond that. I think it would have been significantly better with Ryan Fitzpatrick all year. 
But th so this is an interesting one for me too. So again, we talked about age. So right now, two guys, very interesting, different situations. First, number eight on player profiler, but number 18 here on the ECR is T Higgins. So they've got two guys in the top 10 for Cincinnati. And look, they've both put up massive numbers and had great seasons this mm -hmm. year. I'm fine with both of those guys being top 10, top 12 prospects in Dynasty, just based on their age and based on their QB that they're locked in with for, what, a decade now? Probably. Yeah. Uh, something like that. So I think that, that that's fine. Just going specifically into next season, they're going to obviously have a harder schedule than they had this year. Sure. But... Sure. I mean, I, they, they've, the, the big thing for me is they've dominated that division that they had no right dominating. <laughs> so, so if, if you're telling me they can win those six games fairly easily, then everything else beyond that doesn't really matter. to me. I think that was the biggest test was how do you beat those teams in there? And they just have dominated the AFC North. They've been flattening long. the Ravens. Yeah. So just, just every, just especially the Ravens, yeah. it's just like, they, they got their number bad this year. So I'm good with that one, but, but in the same division, Deontay Johnson, 20 in the ECR, but top 10 on player profiler. And again, it's age and volume. And they clearly believe that they'll find some sort of answer to the QB situation that is not Mason Rudolph because well, that's the but again, only that's, way you can Let's go to back to two years ago with the Roethlisberger injury. Mason Rudolph was only connecting with Deontay Johnson. That's where Deontay Johnson came from. That's true. That that's was true. the year that Juju was supposed to be a top 10 wide receiver. The little production Mason Rudolph was able to get all went through Deontay And Johnson. everything that Mason Rudolph did was the underneath routes to Deontay Johnson who came out of nowhere. Now, ultimately, that led to Chase Claypool getting drafted and, and clouding that up even further. But, I mean, look, look, to me, I would say Mason Rudolph is your worst-case scenario, right? Yo, gotta be. Gotta be. Because right? right now, it's gotta him be. and Haskins backing up Roethlisberger. And I'd have to believe, like I just said, they're gonna have the money. So if Seattle wants to rebuild and you make a trade to get Russell Wilson, then go for it. If you've got the money and you want to bring in Aaron Rodgers and free agency, go for it. If there's somebody else out there at the QB position, well, you I'll help you like out. You I'll help you away. out with, I'll help you out with that here. So I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will probably retire. Uh, yeah. Here, here's just some, I'll go, I'll go real quick through them. Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky, Tim Boyle, Blaine Gabbert. Uh, it's a lot of things like that. Trevor Simeon, Dwayne Haskins. Well, those so, are just the pure backups, right? Yeah, I know. I'm trying to find a, I'm trying to find a more elegant list. Spotrack is letting me down here. <laughs> well, those are the guys that just are purely free agents. Yeah, I know. Contracts I was expire to at the end of this the... season. So if you're looking for, uh, for example, like just best available potential QBs, like for, yeah, do you have Matt the... Stafford, like Matt Stafford from last season, not somebody that would have been in this discussion, but because he wanted a chance to win at the age he was at, then he moved on. They traded him to LA. Same deal. We didn't talk about Deshaun. De you know, Deshaun Watson will be back. He has said that he is never going to play for Houston again. They're going to trade him before the draft happens. 
In my opinion, Deshaun Watson instantly is the best draft prospect, quote unquote draft prospect in this class, because this is not a good QB class. So if you're looking for a quarterback, you are giving the sun, the moon and the stars to Houston to try to get Deshaun Watson, which is kind of the whole reason that we talked about Philadelphia to begin with, because they have three first round picks that they can offer. You know, you could give up Jalen Hurts and three first round picks in the same class to Houston to try to rebuild on the fly. Whereas the Eagles then have Deshaun Watson to run the show for them. If they feel like that's what puts them over the top. So that I think it's him, it's Rogers, it's Russell Wilson trying to get out of that situation. And then is there anybody else that immediately comes to mind for you? No, that's kind of the, those are the big three that are, that are going to come available. So there's, there's nobody else that I can think of offhand. Cause well, I mean, just, there's, there's Kirk cousins. Who I know is nearing the end of his deal. I know, and that just doesn't do much for me. He's kind of uh, the the NFL's like oh temporary band aid. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also talked about the possibility that if somebody were to make that deal, whether it be Miami signing Aaron Rodgers or Miami trading for Deshaun Watson, Tua enters enters the market and moves into that conversation. Uh, You have Matt Ryan who is an aging vet trying to win on a team that is absolute trash. Even His contract still is problematic. Around. His contract is problematic. It's becoming less problematic the closer we get to the end of it, but that's part of the reason he's still there is because they well, offered him all that guaranteed money after the Super Bowl. So he's right. still, he's making, a, he was making a lot of money up until yeah. he's he making, what is it? $50 million next year. Yeah. Uh, and it would be a dead cap hit of 40 if they were to cut it. Which is so, why they won't cut him. We talked about yeah, this in this. But if you could actually. trade him, if you could trade him, then it's if a you trade, and it'd be the same thing. If you traded him after June one, it's one of those things where he would be paid ten million, or it would save ten million dollars for the Falcons against their own cap, and whoever absorbs Matt Ryan only has to pay him that ten million dollars that he was missing out on. So it it becomes significantly more beneficial to whoever acquires him if you wait until later in the summer. Right, 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 right. So if it's going to happen, it's not. But then it's a question of who's in that boat, who's willing to do that. Washington, hate to keep going back to it, but Mm -hmm. Washington comes immediately to mind. Uh, Also Denver, by the way, uh, if they strike out completely on this, because they could technically afford it. Uh, so So also something to keep in mind. They picked up the fifth year option, but uh, Baker Mayfield is also technically in that conversation. Like right now he's on the one, the last year of that deal. You know, he could theoretically get moved in the off season and be $18 million to whoever wants to take on the last year of that. If they think that Baker's not the guy that can put him over the top. That's a good one. Cause I know from talking to everybody back in Cleveland, the old stomping grounds, they're the, by and large, the pulse I get from that is they're done with Baker Mayfield. And they want to try. Well, cause it's try like I said, else. it's the same deal where uh Baker Mayfield, because they picked up that fifth year option, it's a fully guaranteed deal of $18.9 million. So anybody that trades for Baker Mayfield has him for 19 million, which is relatively cheap for yeah, a starting right. QB. And it's a one year deal. So either he does it for you or he doesn't. Like if he's a, he's a band aid to get you to where you want to go. 
So if you believe in Baker Mayfield, you could take on that $19 million. And if you make that trade before the draft happens, then all of a sudden that comes off the books for Cleveland and they jump up to 55 million, which would put them ahead of the Seahawks for seventh mm -hmm. in available cap space. And then they're in the conversation for signing Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. They're in that discussion all over again with the defense yeah, that could... they have and building around those players. So, I mean, they could absolutely retool on the fly if they could get somebody to take Baker away from them. Yeah, Jarvis Landry would look a lot like Randall Cobb in that scenario. Right. Young, younger Randall Cobb. Right. So it's uh, right. that would be that would be interesting. You and would have DPJ you would, have would be your MVS in that <laughs> offense, and otherwise it would look roughly the same. Down to the stone hands and everything. Right. And this, see, this uh, is the unfortunate one. Carolina had to bring Carolina up the one that angers one, by the, me. Hold on, Carolina is an interesting one. Right, it's there. not an interesting one. You know it why is. it's not an interesting one? Because of Sam Darnold. Because there was no chance that a QB would fall to them at eight. Neil, no, there was that was no would never way. Happen. They that had to happen. make a trade the night before the draft happened because there was no way a good QB would fall to them at eight. Nope. Uh, so they picked up Sam Darnold and they picked up his fifth year option. So they are paying Sam Darnold next year. The only way they're not paying Sam Darnold next year is if they were to trade him away because it's a fully guaranteed contract. And I got to tell you, I don't know that you're going to find anybody to dance with you on that. Yeah, little, it's it's that the exact same step. thing. They picked up the fifth year option, same as Baker Mayfield, but now it would be $19 million for someone to take Sam Darnold off your hands. And that's not going to happen. And you're not going to cut him outright and pay him $19 million to not be on your team. So it is what it is. It's Sam Darnold again in 2022 in Carolina, even though they need a new QB, it's still going to be Sam Darnold for one more season. Well, that'll pretty much guarantee that they'll be bad enough to have a good pick in next year's class. <laughs> Hopefully it's better. Silver lining. Silver lining. Uh, all right. Well, that closes out the top 10 of wide receiver, and we went through QBs. I really feel like there's no need to look at tight ends here. I mean, no, we, no, we, no, no, we know what it is. It's Travis Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey. Kyle Pitts to me is probably the one of one right now at tight end just because of his age. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. It's, it's pretty much Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews. And you can pretty much just put Darren that. Waller in that conversation. Either way, order it, take him out then and order it. How realistically, however you want under realistically Kyle Pitts for tight age. end, you have to be of a certain age. Like, yeah, it's kind of like Darren Waller came out of nowhere when he was 27. It really is what it is. You have to be established. It's it's a documented fact at this point that for wide receivers, their prime is 27 to 30. Yeah. That's really statistically well, when they boom. By then, you have an understanding of your job in a very real way. Yeah, well, and your job, still, the playbook, and yeah. physically. That's, okay. just, That's the other side of it. Physically, yeah, you, you've worked your, out enough. You're you've, your you've built up enough muscle that you've and, you're and, you're dominating the other. But then, side of and the then, unfortunately, due to the just the side effects of human aging after thirty, it's yeah. very tough to continue to keep that level of muscle mass but up. Realistically, so, before twenty-seven, not many tight ends do anything. Then, once you hit your physical prime at twenty-seven, they boom. For a few seasons and then they slowly fade away travis kelsey is not faded away he continues to be there he's one year older which is why he's going to move slightly down the list for me but it's still him and kittle in their prime it's mark andrews just now entering his prime mm -hmm. and then kyle pitts who's just a freak of nature and has to be in that conversation tj hawkinson basically based on his age 
could be in the argument, but do they have a real quarterback in Detroit or is it still Jared Goff? You know, and we didn't even talk Jared about Goff, And it's not going to be the number two pick. <laughs> because right. it's gonna we be went through all of those scenarios and never talked about Detroit. Because it's the same all. thing. They're paying so much money to to Jared Goff. To Jared Goff. To that it's going to be contract. near impossible yeah. to move on. Uh, let's see. They're paying. Yes, they're paying thirty one and a half million to or no thirty one. Yeah, thirty one point one million to Jared Goff next season. And the dead cap is thirty point five. Great. So you would save half a what million a dollars to cut Jared Goff. What a contract. Well, I mean, I it was L.A. that put that. No, I was going to say, no, I know, I know. That's why I'm, I'm just why I'm laughing. I'm like, and they look a, like geniuses now because they sure got rid of it. Yeah, because they got it off the books. That's why they look yeah. like geniuses. But they're idiots for writing that in the first place. But but that's what it is. I mean, they're going to take Thibodeau number two. They're going to rebuild that defense. That's what they have to do. You have to get that defense good enough so that when the offense is finally ready to produce with mm-hmm. a quarterback that's not golf, that you can actually do something. I mean that. So after this season, yes, Detroit becomes in the conversation. I and yes, hundred percent love Josh Reynolds, love Quintez Cephas when he comes back, and then Amon Ross St. Brown, hundred percent. Amon Ross St. Brown is the number one for me. That's that's the. And I, I'm on record on that going back to this preseason. Well, and I think it's very interesting that too. That's going to be part of our discussion in the off season when we talk about the Lions receiving core is the fact that Amon Ross St. Brown was there the whole time and did diddly squat. Did absolutely nothing, was not usable, was not even rosterable in any format until Josh Reynolds got there. And once there was another wide receiver on the roster that defenses had to respect, all of a sudden Amon Ra St. Brown becomes a viable option. I, I, again, I have said several times, yes, that's his whole thing. He, lo- he hates Josh Reynolds. He loves Amon Ra St. Brown. That's right. Yes, he's fight. well documented at this. Point. Fight me, well, well uh, documented. This is my hill that I will Josh die Reynolds. on. I will I die love on Josh this hill. Reynolds. I've always wanted him to just have an opportunity. I was very disappointed when he went to Tennessee because I knew that wasn't an opportunity. Uh, and then he finally got out of there and went to Detroit, and that's where I was hoping he would go. Reunited with Jared Goff, has an opportunity to put up numbers. But I think as long as he re-signs with Detroit, which I believe he will and should. With the two of them on the outside and Cephas over the middle, then I think that they can have a decent receiving core to go along with Swift and an okay offensive line. It's actually one of the questions. I will we'll talk. We'll stop here for just a moment. D- do you think they actually draft another wide receiver? No. Nope. I guess it, you never know because it, it depends on what falls to you, right? But no. I was curious what your reaction to that would be because I've been mulling no, that around for a while. They're going to take Thibodeau at two. That's, well, that's it's, obviously it's I, I don't mean I didn't mean in the first in the round. World. I didn't mean in the first round. I, I know, but if like, he falls the one spot past Jacksonville, then yes, Thibodeau will be their pick at number two. And beyond that, they're just trying to rebuild that defense. Just get that, every like, defensive player you yeah, think. That, that I mean, that does feel like a Dan Campbell thing to do. Yeah. So they, there's they've a quality got, line. They have good young that. pieces, like like we talked about. Reynolds is only what a fourth year player, I believe. Yeah, he's younger than he seems because it just feels like he's been in the league. Uh, Then you've got Hawkinson, who's only 24. You've got Cephas, who this was his second season, even though he missed most of it. And St. Brown, who's a rookie. Then you've got uh, our guy, Swift, Swift, who's who's in his second year. You've got Craig Reynolds, who was the rookie who came up off the practice It's a nice story. Yeah. Um, And then they've still got another year of Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams isn't that old. Their offensive line has been solid but hurt. 
So they just got to stay healthy. I think they're going to take depth at the d- offensive line. And then well, I was going to say, that was Dan Campbell's whole thing. In the secondary. We talked about that in our draft coverage. Dan Campbell's whole thing coming in was, I'm going to build it from the inside out. So he went and got a bunch of linemen, stacked yeah. them up there. So that, That's yeah. the whole thing, is they're going to rebuild the entire defense from the ground up, starting with the number two pick. That's going to be their entire draft and focus, so that if it's good enough next season to get them to five or six wins, then they're going to be in the market for a quarterback the following year when they can let Goff go and they can move on and try to get somebody that can actually help them win games. That's fair. That's fair. That's why they have not been part of this conversation. But even that's why, to me, Hawkinson isn't part of this top-tier conversation until Goff is gone. Because he's got another year in purgatory? Yeah. At least. Realistically. At least. Because then with Goff gone, then it's what, a rookie? Unless you can make a trade or sign somebody? Uh, It depends. So you're starting all over again. Is me, it depends. Is Hawkinson it is it hundred year old Matt Ryan at the end of his contract like for a year? I don't know. Three years away from his physical prime at twenty seven. So to me, he's out of the conversation really until then. Unless the yeah. QB situation drastically changes, he's not a part of it anymore. No, see the, most of this list Dallas Goddard's an interesting one. That was gonna say, but that's the only one that's kind of in, he's, if he's he, interesting, but I will go a little bit further down in that in that range. Uh Goddard is very interesting to me. I'm not interested in Fant or Gasecki. That's no. no. Uh, the one that I am interested in that they have all the way down in like tier three is Pat Fryermuth. Did Pat Fryermuth do enough for you to move the needle in any meaningful way? I know the quarterback thing is a little it's scary. It's the quarterback thing. That's it. It's a little scary. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. number eight on player profiler. He's in the second tier to me. Again, I think that's more right. Versus it, you're rolling the dice. Start. I feel like he's got enough upside, touchdown upside to matter, but. Yeah, you're, you're really just hoping he falls in the end zone and has a connection with whoever the new uh, QB is there. But yes, at 23 years old, he absolutely should be in the conversation. That's that's what I'm saying. I, I view him as more of a tier two prospect just because he's 23. I mean, he's four right. years away from his physical prime. He's only a year younger than like, Fant, but I'd still put him significantly ahead of Noah Fant. Yeah, and it's mostly because even the Broncos don't seem super interested in Noah Fant anymore. Right. I don't even know how much longer he's going to be around. I think when his contract's up, they'll probably let him go because right. and you could make that argument, whether it's Noah Fant's fault or the Broncos don't know how to use him properly. Frankly, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Right. But yeah, I think the Broncos are just not going to be interested in picking that contract back up. And if, I, who knows where Noah Fant goes after that. Right. It's, it's yeah. Some it's all purgatory. wide open. It's all wide open at that point. All right. But there you go. So next week, We will be back. We will be talking about uh, the hot take time machine for the entire (laughs) fantasy regular season slash playoffs. Uh, So we'll go over some of our biggest takes uh, from the preseason. Yeah. Ingram again, same deal. It's the, it's the QB situation. It's the team in general. He had flashes in his rookie year and hasn't really done much since. So he's an interesting prospect to hold on to, but he's one of those guys that has been touted as the next top five guy for like what four years and his yeah it's four down. years and he's never done anything since his rookie year and for dynasty i'm kind of over it at this point there are younger more sexy prospects at this point yeah. frankly than evan ingram yeah he's and, 27 and, and for yeah and so he's going entering his prime which is great yeah. but was well, 27 going into 28 like this I'm, is technically his physical prime and yeah he's still i'm not, not really yeah and he's still not doing anything i'm just not really interested in in evan ingram to be honest yeah. in like a real way there's there's younger you know hat better overall like for example i mean we could do this really quickly on our way out the door would you rather take a shot on irv smith yeah over i'd absolutely would 
Yep. Like it's, and I know he didn't play this year, so it's easy to forget about him. But I'd hundred yeah, percent Dawson Knox. Would you rather have Dawson Knox? Yep, going into his physical and prime. Absolutely. Me too. I would yep. rather have Dawson on a better Knox. team. Let's go on the other the other direction then. Hunter Henry. Mm. I think that's close. That's where we. Start yeah, I guess probably. I mean, he's dealing with more competition in that, you know, receiver room. Uh, so eventually, if they ever got a wide receiver for Mac Jones, it becomes a different conversation. Sure, and he's sure. really sure. touchdown dependent, but it's a coin flip thing. At least he's getting the touchdown. My greater point to you is that close. that's a con- that's where the conversation I think is, yeah. and it's like I anything that would be higher rated than than Hunter Henry, I I would take immediately over Evan Ingram. And frankly, there's a couple things lower than Evan Ingram that right. I might even be coaxed into. So right. it's he's not super high on my list. Uh, but like I said, Jack will be back with us next week for Hot Take Time Machine one last time this season. Two weeks from now, we have the Fantasy Football Awards show. That's right. Uh, so until then, uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you're liking, subscribing. Patreon.com slash important nonsense. Make sure you're jumping in on that. Uh, that's going to run through here in a couple of days. Become one of our January patrons so we can talk to you about sports betting. We can talk to you about the NFL playoffs, the lines that will be coming through and then gearing you up Look, for uh, props on fantasy the football is ending on Sunday folks. All right. So if you want all the spiciest, hottest and most accurate betting tips from Vishal and Mason and Steve one to $3 a month, go ahead and collect those. Cause you know, you got to get, you got to scratch that itch through the playoffs and into the super bowl. Come on. You can't wean yourself off fantasy football cold turkey. that quickly. Yeah. You got it. You got it. You got to step it down. You got to step the addiction down. And you know what? I forgot. We don't have the show tomorrow because we had the season in season finale last week. Uh, so I'll recap this real quick. Vishal is back up to number five against the spread in terms of accuracy. He is still number seven. Uh, actually, you know what? He's technically in a tie. One, two, three, four. It's just alphabetically. That's why he's in a five way tie for fourth place on the over under lines and then, and the money lines, he is number four right now. So he is top five still in every single category for uh, accuracy on betting pros. Mason still number one on the money line by a country mile. No, no he's not going to lose that. Point. It's real. I don't think he could realistically lose it. Like, yeah. and then, and then he is either. ninth. Uh, on the over-unders. So the two of them just crushing it right now. Uh, if you want money line picks, go to Mason. He's yeah. he's batting in an unreal clip this year. Yeah. So again, all that information is available in our Discord. You just have to be a patron at our MVP level. So uh, go ahead, check that out. But until next week, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!